Spring is in the air at Global Voice Broadcasting. Fresh new shows are hitting the airwaves every day. Shows about all the things that matter to you in your life. Music, fashion, celebs, and more. It's all here, and it's getting better every day. Only at Global Voice Broadcasting. My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Most of us gals experience periods regularly through much of our lives, yet menstruation remains this major source of shame and embarrassment. What the heck? Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am thrilled to be here with y'all to explore this super important topic, periods and menstrual shame. Guys listening, thank you. This is an important message for all of us. So most women in the U.S. are blessed to have access to feminine hygiene products, right? And at least some formal sex education, some sort of sexual health education. And too many girls and women around the world don't have either of these things. The results of that are devastating on multiple levels. So here are just a few stats. More than 20% of girls in Sierra Leone miss school during their periods, according to UNICEF. In Nepal and Afghanistan, 30% do. That's up to a week per month, a quarter of your education, you know, but starting when you menstruate, that's, that's huge. Almost a quarter of Indian girls drop out of school once Aunt Flo arrives. That is so sad. And on top of that, various religions consider girls and women unclean and not to be touched during menstruation. I don't know about y'all, but if there's a time that I could use some extra hands-on TLC, my period's probably it. And the last thing we need is harsh criticism and judgment. We're going to take this conversation even further in upcoming episodes. I realized very quickly it couldn't just be one show. Today we're just going to dip in with first some funny period stories because I think it's really important to be able to laugh at our lives and these funny things that happen. And then we're going to dip into period sex. It does not have to be gross. The confusion around our first cycle, who did not have that, right? And for you moms and dads out there, how to talk to girls about menstruation. Check out these funny memories from three friends and fans of Girl Boner. I had to be about 14 years old, kind of cocky, and going to a big church in Chicago. I was sure that I could wear white and nothing at all would happen. So I put on this beautiful white eyelet dress and went to church. And the praise portion of the service took a little long. I still wasn't worried. I got caught up in the service and never once went to check if I needed to change. So three quarters of the way through the service, and mind you, there were almost a thousand members, a lot of them teenagers, and a lot of the teenagers sitting near me. One of my friends tapped me on my shoulder and said, um, you're bleeding on your dress. 
No way, not me. But sure enough, plenty of blood smack dab in the middle of my dress and not really a way to hide it. So I spent the rest of the time we were in Chicago with my hand grabbing the side of my dress trying to bunch it all together so that no one could see the blood stains. That's my period story, August. When I was in my 20s, I was poor and needed a car. So my grandpa gave me his dad's old 1960 Ford Falcon to drive. Great grandpa had named the car Mary Lou after the lady he bought it from. I drove Mary Lou for two to three years until I got a better job. I was in the habit of forgetting to put spare tampons in my purse during my monthly cycle, so I always kept a 10-pack box in the glove compartment, just in case. When I was able to, I bought my own car and gave Mary Lou back to my grandpa. The next day, my grandma called me. She was kind of laughing. Grandpa opened the glove compartment and found an item you left behind. I knew Mary Lou was a girl, but I didn't know she needed tampons. Okay, this is the worst period story ever. So, when I got my period, also known as your menstrual cycle, which is how it was referred to in my house, my mom, God love her, did her best to clue me into the ways of being a woman now. And so, we're in the bathroom, she takes out a box of tampons, and she's showing me how I can stick this thing in a hole in my body that I didn't even know existed until that point. So, I listen carefully. Okay, cool. Periods come and go. Um, uh, it's summertime, and so I'm now wearing a tampon because we're going to the beach. And I somehow, in that lesson of how to use a tampon, it got lost in translation that you actually push the tampon out of the applicator. So I'm walking around with a tampon with the cardboard still around it in my vagina. And of course, as you know, it's not going to work. So I'm sitting on my beach towel watching all the friends playing, jumping in and out of the water, playing beach volleyball, whatever they're doing. And I'm just mortified because I know that there's fluid dripping out of me onto my beach towel. So that was, that was awful. And it was just like shame washed over me of what's going on with my body and why am I bleeding and how come I'm the only one that's bleeding and all my friends seem to be able to get on with life. And my typical response to shame, just keep calm, carry on, ignore it. Don't talk to anyone about it. Don't ask any questions. Don't try to figure out how to actually use tampon. Maybe I'm not using it properly. That thought never crossed my mind. So for years, I never used tampons, which was kind of gross considering in high school, I started running. And so I was running every day, track meets, wearing short, sort of panty shorts, Spanx things. And wearing a pad, let me just tell you, is the absolute worst idea if you're running or playing any kind of sport. Because one, they get crunched up into weird shapes, the blood goes everywhere, and they smell. So, and they look bulky, and you kind of end up looking like a guy just got this like bulky thing down there. So it was not fun. But thankfully, a good friend of mine clued me into the idea that you tampons actually do work because she was wearing them all the time. And so simple, you just push the tampon out of the applicator and lo and behold, they work. So note to self, um, note to yourself, if that was something you never knew because your mom somehow forgot to mention that or you somehow forgot to hear that. And that's just changed my life.
So all about the tampons. Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing your stories. I think we can all relate on some level, even though the details vary significantly. Here's my funniest story. I was probably 18 or 19. I was working um, as a model living in New York City. And I went back to Minnesota to visit my parents. And uh, of course, when you're traveling, I don't know if you all know this, but maybe you've experienced it. For some reason, flying can actually make your period come sooner. At least that has happened for me many times. I guess something about the, you know, the altitude kind of gives things a little rev. So I wasn't expecting it. And uh, when I got to my parents' house, I asked my mom for what we called back then, quote, girl stuff. And she led me to the part of the bathroom where she was storing these giganto pads. They were like styrofoam mattresses. I don't know where they were from. They they had to be generic. And you know how sometimes generic stuff just doesn't work quite as well. So it didn't seem quite as sticky um, and definitely wasn't comfortable. I literally felt like I was wearing this log in my underwear. Uh, But I wanted to go to the gym. And the gym was very close to our house, but the store was not. So I thought, well, on the way home, I'll stop and grab some tampons. So I go to the gym. I put on my headset. And I'm like running on the treadmill, having a great time and really into my music. And suddenly, I felt this whoosh of air underneath me. And I looked down in horror. And I swear, time slowed down. It was like watching this in slow motion. I saw this giganto foam pad with blood on it go flying out of me, slowly going down before I could reach it, bouncing off the treadmill, the moving treadmill belt, and flying behind me. But it gets worse. It was a busy time at the gym. And when I turned my head, I saw this guy, a trainer, who looked like somebody from the cover of a fitness magazine. He was like all bulky and like Mr. Stereotypical hot gym guy man, right? And (laughs) It landed right next to his feet. And I don't know why I did this. It was one of those moments where you just sort of like jump into action. And I raced over, pretended like nothing was wrong using my improv skills, grabbed it, went over to the treadmill, and pretended like I was cleaning off the treadmill, like it was one of those little wipe-off towels to get sweat off of the treadmill. I know. Why, why, why? But when you're in that moment of just horror, like you just want him to think, okay, I was imagining it. That could not have possibly been a giganto mattress pad on the floor that flew out of her pants. So (laughs) I left and I was like holding this all in completely cool, completely chill, nonchalant, like, hey, that was a great 12 and a half minute workout or however long it was. I went to the car. As soon as I was in the car, I just like burst out laughing so hard that I was crying. And I didn't tell anybody for the longest time. I was too embarrassed. Now I would probably, you know, shout it off the rooftops or, you know, probably wouldn't have even happened because weirdly, you know, the reason these stories are so funny is because we all relate to the shame and embarrassment. Like if our culture was just like, yay, you're having your period, then maybe it would have been like, oh, oops, my pad fell out. I really don't know. But we are going to explore that a little bit more and some related topics here. I am stoked as always to welcome our resident sex and relationships expert, Dr. Megan Fleming, to explore this very thing. Welcome, Dr. Megan. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Always happy to be here. 
Awesome. Awesome. So before we dig deeper, we have been talking about our funny period stories. And I wondered if you have one from your own life that you would share. Um, you know, I guess mine's probably not a typical period story, but I, I think the thing that's most striking to me is uh, I was, I think, a bit of a late bloomer. I was sort of that sweet 16 and never been kissed. And um, anyway, I didn't get my period till I was at least a freshman in high school. And I just know the first time that it like came on, I, I who never get sick, vomited. And so it was an Ooh. embarrassing moment where I had to go to the school nurse. Um, and of course, I, you know, I thought I said I just got my period and I vomited, but her first question was, are you pregnant? And I was just like, uh, am I com- completely confused? Because I don't <laughs> even see how that's possible. Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, did- so there was a little shame and embarrassment. And, like, my dad actually, my mom was working and my dad had to pick me up. And I just really didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing how much we, you know, even when we have some sort of education in, in school or wherever about what a period's going to be like, I feel like nobody really gets it until it happens. And mine was really strange because the first one I had really early, I was like in third or fourth grade, and there was this big gap between then and my when they became more regular. And my first one, I was sleeping over at a friend's house, and it came out in my urine. It was just reddish. And I thought I was bleeding blood. And in my mind, that meant I had cancer. So I literally prepared myself to call my mom and tell her, like, I'm so sorry, but I just figured out I have cancer. I had no idea that it could happen that way. And I'm sure that I don't remember anybody saying that, you know, it could make you sick or anything like that. Um, As a therapist and also as a mom of a daughter, I'm sure you have, you know, lots of experience with kind of those conversations at home and whatnot. How important do you think it is to talk about periods at home? Well, I think uh, periods or menstruation is part of just a larger sexual health conversation that I think you should be having from the get-go. You know, as soon as your kids are being curious about their bodies, you know, it's you know, it's a it's a penis, it's a vulva, it's a vagina. It's not down there. You know, yes. it's not these uh, all these you know you can the JJ. The I'm sure we all know yeah. right exactly all the different ways we don't want to. Um, comfortably talk about our anatomy and our sexuality. And so I think that, you know, even with my kids at a young age, and of course age appropriate and developmentally, but you're talking about where babies are born and, you know, uh, sperm and, you know, the follicle and sort of becoming an embryo. Like, I think that that um, this conversation should happen such that ideally, I, I think I shared with you, my daughter it was in third grade that they started doing the education and they separated the boys and the girls. And it was definitely just focused on uh, body development and, you know, just acne and skin changes and mood changes. And I think really just educating them, as you're saying, so that when things start to happen and feel different in their bodies, they're just not like, oh, my God, where is this coming from? Um, Because we don't know that necessarily every parent is having that conversation um, or feels comfortable in that conversation. And so making that information readily available and you know, she got the little pack with like, you know, her first pad. <laughs> I mean, if, if she's if she's like me, and usually that's the way cycles work. Um, like men, age of uh, menopause onset is often based on your mother, things like that. So, anyway, she's probably gonna be a long way away from it. But to me, it's just like that conversation's been started and it entered into our peer group, so that nobody, when and if it comes up, it's not a topic of like, oh my god, what just happened, right? That everybody has some sense of that. Yes. Absolutely. It's amazing because I think that that is, you know, 
so rooted in the shame that we have, like you said, around our whole sexuality. But there just seems to be this lingering shame around menstruating, which is a sign that our body's working well and, you know, all that. So interesting. I know that many of us have been menstruating for some time by the time we start having sex. And over the years, I've received a bunch of different questions from first blog readers and now also listeners who are curious about sex during your period. And I was just reading this morning, there's this research, this uh, researcher at Yale, Mary Jane Minkin, uh, she did some research that showed that some women have a higher sex drive during their period because their progesterone levels, which can lower libido, is low, which is really interesting. I know that some people, you know, sex is the last thing they want during their period or, or during PMS. And for others, it's something they do want. And one listener, Samantha, she wrote to me and said she's curious about trying sex during her period, but her partner seems put off by the thought. Any thoughts for her? Uh, you know, I think first and foremost, it's just to recognize that there's uh, nothing unhealthy or unnatural about having sex uh, while you're menstruating or having your period. That being said, and this is her question is that key point, the question is, are you and or your partner comfortable, right? Because if he's not comfortable because it's going to be messy and listen, you can put down towels and, you know, you could be mindful what is your level of flow and things like that. But um, you have to recognize if he's going to be turned off by and really like vigilant or feeling uncomfortable, that that's tension in his body. And I'm just thinking, eh, is that going to be your best sexual experience? So I think if you're both comfortable with it, have fun, play. And like you said, um, it's not uncommon some women to have both a little bit higher libido as well as sensitivity because of some hormonal changes as they, um, where they are in their cycle. So, you know, if it's something that's turning you on, because, again, for most people, you being turned on is a big turn-on to your partner, I'd say go with it and play. But that, unfortunately, if it's a real turn-off for either of you, you know, you have to really figure that out because um, it may not be the best experience. That is such a good point. I love that. Communicating is so important, and especially when it's about something, like you said, that one person, she said, seems turned off by. So it's like if you haven't figured out, you know, if it is something that – you know, maybe your partner also wants to do it, but is trying to give you space or whatever. Or I actually, I've only tried it maybe a few times, but I found that in the shower or the bath is great <laughs> because it just washes right down the, you know, the drain. And, and I felt like it helps with cramps a little bit. Is there some sort of like pain reducing element that might happen? Well, I mean, again, if you think about, um, especially if there's orgasm, you know, so the oxytocin and the dopamine. Uh, so, again, those are more the endorphins and that sort of pleasure and that, that sensation, even from a distraction perspective, is, um, and again, the relaxation response, uh, you know, sort of the resolution phase, all of that would contribute to, I think, minimizing pain, discomfort. And I think you're also, again, you can certainly do it in the shower. That might decrease meth. But it's also to recognize that for some women, they, it's, it's like a natural body lubricant, right? So sex mm. might be that much more comfortable and, again, sensitive during this period of time. Oh, interesting. That is a really, really good point. And if somebody wants to bring up the conversation, the topic with a partner, any tips if they're feeling a little uncomfortable mentioning it? Um, well, you know, one of my go-tos is, you know, always referring to something you read or, or listened to, right? So you could say, I was listening to Girl Boner and, you know, there you go. or Cosmo. And you just sort of say, you know, when they mentioned sex during a period, you know, I, I hadn't really thought much about it. What do you think? You know what I mean? You, or I hadn't thought of it until I listened to it. And then I thought, huh, 
you know, there may be a reason it's actually a turn on. Would you be interested? Like, I think you can leverage something that is external to you, not like it came from you, but that you heard, you saw, <laughs> you read, um, and you're like, oh, that might seem interesting. I'm curious. What, what do you think of that? I think it's a great opportunity to create a conversation. I love it. I love that so much. Great, great advice. Thanks so much, Dr. Megan. I always love it when she joins us. Do you all have a period story that you would like to share? or questions about sex or sexual health you would like addressed on Girl Boner, drop me a note through my website. If you do, that's augustmclaughlin.com. My last name is M-C-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. While you're there, click on books if you would like purchasing options for my new book, Embraceable, Empowering Facts and True Stories About Women's Sexuality. And yes, there are some period stories. <laughs> to learn more about Dr. Megan and get 30% off her Rekindle Desire workbook and audio program, visit greatlifegreatsex.com slash girlboner. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, let me know by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. While you're there, subscribe so you never miss a beat. You'll be one of the first to get an episode each and every week. Thank you so much for the support and for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. <laughs>